Please be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Here again a few verses from the epistle reading from Philippians 1. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness, the fruit that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Sisters and brothers, I want to begin with a question that first occurred to me uh, this time last year. See, last year was the 35th anniversary of my ordination and first call as a pastor, so I was sitting, I think I was a little bit closer up because Renee likes to sit in the front, you know, but I was kind of sitting where you people are sitting, and I remember thinking, <clears throat> what are you supposed to say to somebody on the anniversary of their ordination and commissioning as a pastor or a teacher or a deaconess? Because, as we all know, if you just think about it for a second, not all anniversaries are created equal. And one should definitely not say the same thing at every anniversary. Now, in a kind of very obvious way, of course, there are anniversaries of tragedies, uh, painful events. And, and it's a very great and loving thing to remember these sorts of anniversaries. But you don't say, way to go. And even if it's something really important or significant or even happy, you don't always say the same thing. Happy birthday. Happy ordination day. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't work. I mean, just, it, just, it just doesn't work. So, so what are we supposed to say to you today? Right? I have a suggestion. But before I offer it to you, I'd like to spend a few minutes in the letter to the Philippians, narrowing down to Philippians 1, the reading for today. So as I, as I was getting ready and uh, preparing the homily for this morning, I, I went looking for something in Philippians that I thought was there, and I was right, it was there, I found it. What I was looking for was a both and. I was looking for uh, in fact, a paradox, and you could emphasize either side of it, but today I want to emphasize one side of it much more than the other. The both and is this, and I could ask it in the form of a question. Is the Christian life a lot of hard work on our part, or is it the work of God? In particular, is service in the church, full-time ministry, a ton of hard work and striving and failure and accomplishment, or does God do it all? 
Just listen to a few verses from Philippians uh, on one side of that question. There are more of it. Uh, there are more, by the way, these are just a few. First, this is true, but it's not the side I want us to emphasize today. So from chapter 2, do all things without grumbling or questioning. Hold fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run or labor in vain. And then from chapter 3, not that I have already obtained it or am perfect, but I press on to make the goal my own. And then again from chapter 3, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I, I press on toward the goal. And then again in chapter 3, brothers and sisters, join in imitating me. Keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us. And then from chapter 4, whether in, whether in lack or fullness, I can do all things. So yes, the Christian life is a lot of hard work, and the Christian ministry is a lot of work. I did the arithmetic in my head quickly, uh, so I may be off on the precise number, but I added the numbers, you know, in the bulletin, uh, 700, counting the people that aren't here, 760 years of full-time service. 760 years of work, labor, failure, and success. Now, of course, as I commented to Dr. Robinson in the sacristy before the service, an historian is not all that impressed with 760 years. I mean, the, the seven ecumenical councils are long done twice that amount of time ago, right? But, um, but to speak very frankly, and in a way that I do not mean unkindly, should we be impressed with 760 years of ministry? And the answer is, yes, we should. Yes, we should. But not impressed with ourselves. And, dear friends, not impressed with you. On the day when we observe the anniversaries of ordinations and commissionings, we should be very, very impressed with God. The God who makes beginnings and who brings them to completion. See, here's the other side of the paradox for each of those verses that I read just a minute ago. So from chapter 2, it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And from chapter 3, I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. And from chapter 3, the prize is God's upward call in Christ Jesus. And from chapter 3, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform our lowly bodies and make them like his glorious body. He will do this by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. And, of course, from chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And from today's reading, 
your partnership in the gospel a deep cause for thanksgiving today and every day. But to whom is the thanksgiving directed? To God alone. And we all know why this would be. It's because God is the one who began his good work in you, among you, among us. He began it. He made it happen. He brought it into being. And without him, nothing would be happening and no one would be saved. God began the good work when he raised his son from the dead. You see, all was quiet. All was lost. There was only death. Jesus was dead. But then, then, the new beginning, the new life for Jesus, the new life in Jesus, the beginning of a new creation. And then, in space and time, by the mercy of God and the incredible power of his promise, you and I were washed into that promise and that beginning. And then on it goes for 760 years, and God is at work, and he's using us. He's using you. He's using all of us, working through us, working in spite of us. It's a lot of hard work. Oh, yes, and there are many fears. But God made the beginning, and he has preserved us, and he is the one who is bringing that work to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It's his work, Paul teaches us, of loving you and making you whole. That's why it's not done till Jesus returns because then he will make you whole in body and soul, and you will be pure, and you will be strong, and you will be loving. And it's his work of loving others through you, through you. That's why Paul prays that the Philippians would abound more and more in love. And on the day of Jesus Christ, faith will fade and hope will become sight and only love for God and one another will remain. That's the good work. Continued, begun, continued, and ended in you. And God has done it, and God is doing it, and God will do it until the day of Jesus Christ. So, <clears throat> what do you say to someone when you are observing the anniversary of their ordination or commissioning. Well, of course, you can say anything you want. But I have a suggestion. You could walk right up to someone like that and you could say to them, to God alone be the glory. Let's all just practice that, shall we? 
To God alone be the glory. You can walk right up to one of these people after chapel. You can walk right up to any Christian in whose life you see the work of God being manifested. You just walk right up to him and shake their hand and you say, to God alone be the glory. And then what are they supposed to say? I can teach you that too and that'll make Dr. Burson happy because we'll have a new liturgical response. You say, to God alone be the glory. And they say, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then, at the reception, you can have a piece of cake. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.